Welcome to episode 114 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, John. What's in the news today? So I think some of the big, uh, biggest tech news of the past week or so has been all about this Chrysler uh, auto hack, basically a a set of hackers who were uh, benevolent, uh, apparently in their intent, hacked into a Jeep while a uh, writer from Wired magazine was driving it on the highway and demonstrated how they could do things, uh, sort of innocuous things, uh, but annoying things like turn on the air conditioning and put their picture up on the dashboard and then do something very alarming, which was they were actually, you know, able to cut the, uh, uh, you know, cut the, the power to the, the engine entirely. And, I, you know, I've seen other video where they're able to take control of the steering and do things to the brake system uh, all via uh, this connected uh, software that that Chrysler has in their vehicles and has since, you know, issued a patch for and sort of, you know, shut down this particular exploit. But the uh, the idea is is certainly, you know, maybe not a new one, but has not had this level of, of public scrutiny, which is as our cars become, you know, rolling boxes of technology, uh, they are, you know, subject to people being able to do this this uh, sort of exploitive uh, uh, events to them and then ultimately, uh, you know, wreck all kinds of mischief. And in this case, no one was was hurt, of course, but you, we, we can see the potential where the Internet of Things is sort of uh, meeting up with all the security concerns of, um, of uh, being hacked and, and it's really, really causing quite an uproar. Uh, what, what's been your take on, on that exploit, Dirk? Well, you know, it's, it's a great um, foreshadowing of how we're moving into a period where our uh, connected computing devices are integrated into our lives in a way where they can be used to hurt us uh, physically. They can be used to hurt us for real. So, you know, hacking until now, that the limits of it were basically identity theft, which is... Um, which is not great, you know, um, if, it's a, if you really have your identity uh, stolen, there can be some big inconveniences and um, depending on how you react to it, potentially big problems. But there's nothing that can, that can physically, physically harm you directly, you know, um, as if a weapon is, is hitting you. But here, um, here we have, uh, you know, this, this exploit where somebody could take your car and, you know, like the little picture they, they showed with the article, drive it right into a ditch. Uh, you could be killed by a hacker who who gets into your device and uh, gives it instructions to take you off path and and put you in the way of physical harm. Uh, this is going to be this is just the beginning. This is going to be a lot more in the future, not less, as the devices are um, either integrated into us physically. And by into us, I'm not talking um, necessarily about um, you know from a cyborg perspective, but uh, just from from touching our bodies or from controlling things uh, in and around our bodies. That that if taken in a certain direction could could cause us harm. So to me, it's just sort of a, a warning sign for something that, you know, those of us on, on the inside have known is just is coming. Um, 
you know, this now is is really showing it to, to the mainstream and saying, uh, look at the potential of, of what can happen. And, and again, it's, it's just the beginning. Yeah, and I think as it, it means something extra special in America where your car, in a lot of ways, the, the car has been seen uh, by many as an extension of yourself, right? We spend a lot of time in our cars, and we love our cars, and we transformed our entire national infrastructure to support driving. We're not super into, you know, taking uh, uh, rail, whether it's uh, lighter or, or heavy rail. Um, I mean, we fly a lot, but the car, the American roadway, this this country was was built up around cars. So exposing someone's, uh, you know, sort of most personal vehicle is uh, is meaningful because it touches on just about everybody. And this technology, of course, is not in every car right now, but that's where it's headed. And I think for. Um, uh, there, there's, there's a, there's a culture in America around cars that, that is, is being invaded by this, uh, um, cybersecurity problem. And, and I don't, I honestly don't know what the total reaction is going to be. I mean, certainly Chrysler was, was immediate with their recall of 1.4 million vehicles, uh, across, you know, a, a, a number of their, uh, different vehicle types. And there's the, uh, uh, a U.S. Senate bill, uh, which is, was introduced on uh, July 21st by uh, Senators Markey and Blumenthal, uh, both from the New England region, um, uh, you know, which is, you know, sort of technology laden. But these guys are sort of immediately calling for uh, security standards, privacy standards and some transparency uh, around those um, uh, compliance issues. So car manufacturers in the future, you'll look and you'll see, oh, it gets so much, so many miles to the gallon. And oh, by the way, you know, we're, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, 100% compliant with our, our uh, cybersecurity and cyber privacy uh, standards as well as you go around to your, to your car dealer. So I think it's an interesting moment for a lot of reasons um, because it's it's forcing, as you said, it's it's this intersection of digital and reality in a very very physical and immediate and and scary way in in an area that's so important uh, to to Americans generally speaking. Um, how how do you see this playing out, especially with this uh, this U.S. Senate bill, Dirk? Yeah, let me come back to the legislative aspect in, in a little bit. I mean, th th there's there's a couple of things that should should make us frightened. Um, one is that hacking is is something that is is going to happen and going to happen successfully despite best efforts. And this happens at the level of the U.S. government being hacked in different ways. That's and we had right. a show we had a show on that recently. I mean, if the U.S. government can't protect itself, you know, who who the hell can? Certainly not a car manufacturer. Um, and and on a more on a more local level, I mean, look for a long time, people have been able to hack into ATMs, right? So um, you know that's a a sort of proven um, sort of not this big giant government thing. Hackers in Siberia making that happen. This is um, we have proof of concept of people in local ways being able to apply technology to to um, corrupt and undermine physical systems. That in the case of an ATM, it's quote unquote just 
just stealing a lot of money out of a machine. But if we get into things that are on, around, or implanted in our bodies, uh, the implications can can be, you know, really, really a whole lot uh, more dire. So. Uh, again, going back to the show we did before on the hacking of the U.S. government, it, it, it's not it's not preventable at a certain level. And um, coming back and talking now about this specific car example that, that started this whole conversation, there's way too many fail points. So depending on what the specific application is or what's happening, um, you know, you have a car manufacturer that may have software in this process. You have a device manufacturer, so an Apple or a Google um, or, or one of their, you know, Samsung, one of, one of their partners, um, may have software in this process. There may be apps within being used within those platforms that additionally have a role in this process. Then you have the carrier. You have your Sprint, and I guess that it was Sprint's network that was, or maybe it wasn't a network, but something about how Sprint interfaced with this whole system that was right. the fail point in this example. You've got that aspect. So it's hard enough to lock an information system like those that the U.S. government has when you're talking about all of these different uh, platforms and applications that all present potential vulnerabilities. Holy cats. I mean... Uh, it's just uh, it's 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 a hard it's a hard problem. Uh, it's it's I don't want to call it unsolvable, but uh, certainly today it's unsolvable um, to 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 really really be able to look the consumers in the eye and say this system that's connected to the internet and makes all these cool things happen for you in the context of this device and in this case we're talking about a car as a device can't be hacked you're 100% safe nobody can crack this as long as it's going out and connecting with external networks nobody can make that promise so uh, it's it's you know it's it's an eye opener that's for sure yeah i i think you touched on something important there uh, as as you were talking about the the devices sort of in and around our person. I mean, there's there's certainly all kinds of medical devices that are you know connected to uh, networks. You know, both sort of embedded within people, like pacemakers, or you know, sort of uh, mission critical, you know, life critical systems that that are connected. And and uh, you know the the automobile hack, while it's not. Uh, directly related to those kinds of systems, it, it also sort of uh, portends bad things for uh, systems that have that um, physical capability of, of of doing harm. You know, as as you mentioned earlier, and and because there's often a lot of uh, standard ways for communicating, uh, you know, wirelessly, that that also means that there's a lot of exposure for. Uh, you know, a hack that that uh, uh, and an exploit that could be worked uh, in in one area may very well apply to another if it's if it's not patched. So there, there, you know, it sort of opens up a can of worms because now we're not just thinking about our uh, you know desktops and laptops and tablets and phones. We're also thinking about all of these other nifty gadgets that. Uh, um, you know, that are pro proliferating, whether they're in, uh, you know, health environment or home environments uh, or, you know, out on the road. So there's so much great promise to, uh, you know, the general Internet of Things. But the security issue is is quickly racing to the forefront. And, and it will be interesting to see how 
both the government, you know, sort of gets involved in in the design of of the Internet of Things because they're they're already sort of uh, starting to do that, and then you know how how private industry tries to manage, uh, you know, the potential damage. Uh, caused by you know the perception and, and the reality of, of security being so porous. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. And and circling back to the legislative question that you you asked, I mean that's you know that's a whole different complicated mess. I mean the the legislative process moves so slowly, and the legislators are so almost universally out of touch with the latest and greatest in what's happening with all of this technology. I mean, academia and the government just don't keep up with, um, you know, with market technology and with, um, with the markets, with the business world. And, and technologies are changing and evolving so rapidly. Um, governments, are, the government in general, isn't able to even figure out what's happening today, let alone predict where things are going tomorrow, let alone legislate in a sensible, um, considered, flexible, appropriate way to address those things. So, uh, you know, I, I just kind of roll my eyes. I mean, in, in, a much less, in a much less sophisticated context, something we've talked about before on the show is legislation around dr- flying drones. Um, and I, there was an interesting story recently about how um, people flying, flying drones over wildfires were preventing the firefighters from fighting the fires that they had to keep their helicopters on the ground for half an hour or something wow. until the drones left. Uh, so, you know, that's something we've talked about on the show as the government not taking care of and is going to have unintended consequences. And, and here we go. I mean, fires raging out of control as idiots, you know, fly their drones to get pictures and post them on social media. Um, so uh, that's straightforward. I mean, what, what should be done about drones and uh, controlling that in smart, sensible ways. Uh, that's not rocket science. The stuff we're talking about here is closer to rocket science. And uh, I, I have no faith at all that the government will will do anything approximating the right thing uh, in any kind of time frame that isn't measured probably in decades, even as opposed to years, um, which is hor- horrifying to say, but I do believe it. Yeah, I think... You know, as you pointed out, uh, you know, you mentioned the word flexible and and our uh, sort of legislative process and and the regulatory process that comes out of that is really going to reach a tipping point, I think, where it's not going to be flexible enough to manage. I mean, we're talking about a couple of different emerging technologies here. I mean, the Internet of Things is just, you know, sort of one of those drone technologies, uh, you know, another but there are a number of emerging technologies coming to the fore, all of which need this kind of technical attention and sort of makes you wonder whether or not the government needs a, a more robust uh, technology evaluation and interface arm where they can, uh, you know, keep up to speed, you know, with, with, with these uh, market driven technologies, because, I mean, frankly, it's one thing in the United States. I mean, there's there's the whole specter of next generation warfare, and you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, blame sort of cast on on the Chinese for hacking into, um, or for groups associated with the Chinese government for hacking into, uh, you know, U.S. government facilities and and systems. You know, you can see how cyber warfare could be kind of brought to the next level when you're talking about hacking into 
automobiles, right? So all of a sudden, it's not just information moving uh, that, you know, sort of a, a, uh, a negative uh, player, you know, would want to act on, on that information, but could also be, you know, physical consequences to that hacking as well, which, uh, you know, I, I think is going to at least be uh, a consideration when we're talking about cyber warfare in the future. Yeah, I mean, kind of riffing on that, and this, the example I'm going to use isn't, isn't possible and probably wouldn't be possible, but wouldn't it be fascinating if at some point in the future, um, you know, as, as the U.S. and China are locked in some bullshit, you know, that could erupt into something, if, if uh, the Chinese government's hackers made every car on the U.S. roads for two seconds go out of control, you know, and then back into control, like what, what a display of power that that would be, um, you know, just just to, to use sort of a, a bombastic example, but right. uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a different world, my friend. It's a, it's a much different world than than you and I grew up in. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know, there it never ceases to amaze me how much faster this is moving than what you know. I mean, I've been an observer of technology for and user of technology for a long time. And the speed at which this is happening seems, uh, it seems a lot more rapid than, than anything we've seen in the past. And that could just be my perception of things, but, but I feel like we're, we're at a moment where uh, the saturation point of new technology and just sort of the consequences of it all coming to the fore at the same time are, you know, somewhat more than, than our organizations and, uh, you know, our groups, our structures are capable of dealing with. Um, and it's all, like, like I said, it, it's astonishing to me how quickly this, this moves. Um, you know, a, a good example of that is our discussions around drones uh, regulation are, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were just sort of postulating about that. And now it's, you know, very much, a, a, you know, an issue at the, at the forefront. Uh, same thing with uh, Internet of Things hacking is, is all of a sudden becoming very, very important. Um, and I always think it's going to be happening in a couple of years. But this this seems to have been reduced to timeline to uh, to months. So that's going to be something uh, that I'm very interested in keeping an eye on. Uh, amen, brother. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett, that's J-O-N, F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D. Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Or email me, Dirk, at GoInvo.com. So that's it for episode 114 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.